Welcome to The Leader's Guide, the podcast made for today's leaders who are looking to make a difference in their life and the lives of others. Let's get started. I love talking about leadership on this podcast. The lessons can come from so many different angles and industries, but are highlighted by nothing more than experience. My guest today is Karen Mendoza, who is the Vice President of Sales for DBox, which is a company doing incredibly innovative work in haptic technology. Karen immigrated from the Philippines when she was six years old and discovered a passion for a rising industry through her career, esports. She began her career with Fox Sports Interactive before moving to Nintendo, where she spent 15 years perfecting her craft and learning about company culture. And today, we're going to have a conversation that has a little bit different twist on leadership, but I'm really looking forward to it. Karen Mendoza, thank you so much again for taking the time to be here with me today. Hey, Alex, I'm looking forward to the conversation. Thank you for inviting me on your show. Yeah, and and I know I rattled off a little bit there, but you mind just telling us a little bit more about who you are and your, I guess, experience immigrating to the United States and getting into the esports industry and and everything else that that you do. Absolutely, yes. Um, so, and that was a wonderful introduction. Thank you for uh, summarizing my my decades of. Uh, living as a human being into just a few short bullet points. But uh, to to repeat a little bit of, of my, my story, I my family and I immigrated to the United States from my home country of the Philippines. Um, I immigrated when I was six years old. And so I definitely um, embody and live that American dream. I grew up with American um, values. I grew up in the American public school system. Um, I was fortunate enough to go to an American public university at the University of California, Los Angeles, UCLA, go Bruins, um, and uh, had a, a very um, a, a nice career in mostly consumer entertainment technology. Uh, one of my first jobs out of college or I interned during college and then be, it became my first job out of college was working at Fox, which is a big network and, and a global uh, studio mm -hmm. uh, based in Los Angeles. And that was really my first sort of exposure to of course the world of entertainment and, and how entertainment not only gets programmed, produced, all of the creative um, artistry that goes into creating either a film, a movie, a TV show, uh, or music, but it also opened up a whole new channel or, or, or medium um, called video games. Uh, and, and not that Fox invented video games, but it they were, they were at the um, prep at the at the start of uh, games development. This was mm -hmm. in the late nineties, and um, so so being you know having been at Fox as as my first job out of college, and having been um, exposed to kind of the world of video games through Fox through Fox Interactive and Fox Sports Interactive, it then allowed me to kind of fall deep in love with this business that is video games in the early late 90s and early 2000s with kind of the 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 start of Microsoft's Xbox 2001 mm -hmm. they 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 uh, launched the new Xbox platform the original Xbox and then 2000s were also 
the second um, stint for PlayStation. They came out with PlayStation 2 um, after a very successful PlayStation 1 launch uh, in the mid to late 90s. And then eventually I did get a role at Nintendo when they were just about to launch the successor to the N64 system, which in 2001 was the Nintendo GameCube. And mm -hmm. um, so I was with Nintendo all those years from the GameCube days all the way up to the Nintendo Switch, which is still going strong today. I still play it with my family and um, just love this world of world and business of video gaming, which, you know, I know we'll talk about it a, a little bit later, but esports is becoming, well, not becoming it, it has become a mainstream sort of offshoot of traditional sports and competitive online video gaming, which I'm so fascinated about and I continue to learn and 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 collect insights from that whole business aspect. So again, fortunate enough to have had the career that I've had in the life um, in America, um, coming from, again, a, a, a very uh, a, a developing nation like the Philippines mm -hmm. and, and right, here right. I am today. So that's yeah, my journey. Well, and thank you so much for sharing that with us. And I know now working for D-Box, which they do work with haptic technology, which correct me if I'm wrong, but is, is this technology that's becoming to be in like in gaming chairs and in different gaming console systems and, and movie theater chairs that causes movement and it increases a user experience, correct? That is correct. That is absolutely correct. Uh, for, for most of the audience members listening to your show, they probably know haptics best by the vibration on their phones, Android mm. or iOS, or the haptics vibration again on their um, smart wearable devices, um, an Apple watch or, or any other kind of watch. And, and these kind of vibration or um, kind of sensory touch type technology allows for all sorts of different applications like reminders to stand up, reminders to do your, you know, take in your meditation breathing or whatever application. For D-Box, we take not only just the vibration, which is the most fundamental part of haptics, but we also use texturing or textures, meaning we use the sound waves, sound frequencies, tweak it to a way where you're not you're not just feeling a nor a feel different types of sensations of that vibration and it's textured. And then we also can add motion. So you mentioned the cinema chairs that we have in 20,000, we have 20,000 wow. um, seats, motion activated D-Box seats mm -hmm. um, across movie theaters all over the world. And um, we, we have plans to expand to even more, uh, but for the folks in the US, they can see our D-Box motion seats at uh, theater chains like Cinemark, and um, and uh, Cineplex in Canada. So mm -hmm. we have these motion activated seats. So not only is there vibration, there's also textures. So different feelings or different sensations of that vibration. And now there's move, movement or motion to it. So the very best D-Box experience that I like to tell people is um, watching a movie like Top Gun Maverick that just came out last summer. Right, right. Great D-Box film. It, it 
kind of elevates the whole movie going experience for that film alone. Um, but also a Marvel film like um, Doctor Strange, uh, Multiverse of Madness, there's this floating effect in it that on a D-Box seat, it is an experience like no other. And so D-Box is all about creating that hyper-realistic immersion and immersive feeling and taking um, that medium of, of, of films and movies or gaming, because we are, D-Box is coming out with a gaming chair that will have haptic technologies in it and taking these entertainment mediums and really elevating uh, the, the whole experience um, altogether. Wow, fascinating. That is so, it's cool to see uh, how that movie going experience and just the, the entertainment industry experience is, is going to be shifting in the near future. Um, oh, for I, sure. I, I haven't had the pleasure of seeing one of the, like a movie in those different, different seats and different cinemarks, but I'm, I got, I got to put it on my list of things to do in the near future. Oh, absolutely. Especially now as we head into Halloween season and, and mm -hmm. some of the best. So you, so it's, it makes sense that action adventure type um, films do well with D box, but um horror the horror genre oh yeah the jump scare movies are also really good because there's you know we can simulate this sort of um foreshadowing and a little bit of light tingling touch you know sensation right before a big jump scare oh and that's it fun makes the whole experience even better so oh, um, we'll have to get you we'll have to get you to your local theater and, and get you to experience that with some friends Interesting. Interesting. I, I, I know just since the pandemic and, and beyond that, and just in recent years, the esports and just video game and, and industry has become massive with, with YouTube and Twitch. And I know TwitchCon was over this past weekend and, yes. and games such as like Fortnite and everything else where there's, there's huge tournaments and everything else. When you first entered with Nintendo and with, with Fox esports and everything else, how have you seen the industry change? to where it is now. Yeah, definitely. I'm seeing a lot more adoption and acceptance um, because it really, you know, if you um, pull pull back the, the, the view to let's say 50,000 feet high, it really does model and follow the same trajectory as traditional sports, mm -hmm. right? If you take a, uh, take a look at a sport like basketball, where, um, you know, certainly if physical skills are, are required, heights and maybe strength. Um, and, and now we're seeing both the regular um, men's NBA league and then now there's now a WNBA league. That makes sense, but there's also the whole, sometimes um, there's the gambling aspect of traditional sports. There's the, the, um, the split of men's versus women's esports, like what we're seeing in the NBA and the WNBA. There's the um, performance enhancing drugs that are being regulated and just making sure that, you know, everybody's um, On playing the level fairly, playing field. Yeah. all of that. I'm, I saw that, or we, we start to see the same sort of issues and regulations around, I would say, esports and, and video game and the gaming industry in that, um, you know, there, there's still some some debates around whether or not esports should be co-ed. To me, I'm I'm 
fully on board with esports being co-ed because unlike basketball, where yeah, there are certain uh, physical differences, differences between yeah. men and women, when you're holding a controller in your hands, or or when you are dominating on the on the keyboard, gaming keyboard, it really doesn't matter, you know, gender or even sometimes age income level, ethnic, ethnicity, it doesn't really matter. It's very, you know, equal opportunity for sure in, in gaming. Same with um, right now at D-Box, we have a racing segment where mm -hmm. we do um, sim racing. And so I get to uh, kind of network with people from the F1, the Grand Prix, NASCAR, all of the motorsports. And I'm seeing the same sort of debate and controversy around Hey, women in F1, women in motorsports, you know, is, is it is it fair for them to be under the helmet competing with the the, the men of the, of the industry? And to me, if they can can uh, drive or, or control the vehicle, control the technology in front of them and, and do do so in a way that, you know, is is just as competitive as the guys doesn't really matter who's under the helmet doesn't really matter who's behind the controls. It, it is all about executive decision-making, right? Mm -hmm. And um, and and the skills to, to, to excel in that technology that they're using. So I truly believe this. And I, I think it's important um, to shine the light and to spotlight when women and, and girls are interested in this type of, you know, career, or, or profession, you know, or even just leisure and, and hobby activities. I'm seeing a lot more girls getting into um, go-karting, which, which, is, which is really, really nice. I mean, of course, with a, with a company background like Nintendo and Mario Kart being one of my favorite games of all time, classic fan favorite, I got to see a lot of go-karting uh, activities throughout my time. And it's certainly becoming a mixed um, mixed gender type of uh, event, which is nice to see. Definitely, definitely. I think it, I like that you touched on a point where esports and video games. I, I think it is a very unique industry in that, in terms of the sports and and competition, it is a very level playing field, right? It, it's your skill level isn't necessarily determined by your size or your age or your your background or whatever else, a lot of people can be really, really good at it given the the skills development and those different kind of things. And it creates a very, I, I don't know the ratios and the statistics and everything else between men and women in different different backgrounds in the esports competitions and esports tournaments and stuff like that. But it's fascinating to see that that progression and that that development there. For sure, for sure. I, you know, and I, I love to see when esports team do have a more diverse uh, sort mm -hmm. of uh, a bench of players or, or team of players. It then mirrors what we should have in business settings, right? I mean, like sporting organizations, esports, traditional sports. I love to see it when, you know, coaches and players alike are, um, especially if, like you said, if there is an even playing field in the sport, just like video gaming or what I claim in motorsports, we should see a more diverse sort of team, both 
in, you know, in front of the, whatever, in front of the field, in front of the track and behind the scenes too, because that's also a very important um, aspect of, of running and, and making these industries very successful is there's a whole host of, of um, you know, influential players behind the scenes to make this industry grow, to make that sport or that, that, me that entertainment medium mm -hmm. um, profitable and entertaining for consumption so it's uh so to me my, my main my primary uh, mission is to make sure that you know girls and women see faces like mine and stories like immigrant stories like mine uh because you know we can have a seat at the table we can be you know trackside or or arena side if it's in the esports and and really influence and make an impact in these industries that we love so much that I love so much too. So and I'm I'm curious where did that I know I know obviously that drive comes from very internally within you but how did you notice that that drive to be represented in as as a female and as an immigrant represented in that industry how did you notice that progress throughout your career you know i think it's definitely an internal drive personally um but i i think it's also a self-awareness and a self-realization of of like i know i'm always going to be an outsider in most settings that i step foot in um whether you know without even me opening my mouth and saying a word I just look different in mm -hmm. most circles, business circles, entertainment circles. Sometimes it's changing now and I'm loving it that I'm not like the only Filipina in the room or I'm not the only woman, you know, with with an executive title in, you know, mine. But but to me, I think when I realize that I'm kind of the zebra amongst all the other um sameness of animals maybe gazelles or mooses right, i don't know right. sorry i don't know the animal kingdom but i knew there was something different and i leaned into it right i i i, I use that and and i honed in my story it hasn't always been like that alex it's been i've i've had to really kind of take an intro introspective review of like man i am different but do they want to hear my story? Do they want to hear from me? And yes, they do. They want to hear my perspective. They want to hear, you know, I'm not just an Asian American female, but I'm also a mom. I'm also a sister. I'm also a daughter, you know, so there's this whole perspective of the multidimensional human being that is me. And if I'm willing to share my story, if I'm willing to honestly share my perspective, in helping, um, you know, whoever I'm talking to be better in what it is they're trying to apply my story to, then hey, all the more. So it's kind of being, um, it's kind of being open and sharing my truth, sharing my story, and and they they people want to hear it. I think mm -hmm. <laughs> so. I've been blessed in that manner that they ask me and I share it, and then I think it gives them. Um, perspective where did you find that that confidence in yourself of stepping into being different 
right? Or stepping into your own personal empowerment of, I have a story, I have unique traits and attributes and everything else that makes me special. Where did you find yourself stepping into that? I'm going to say that um, it certainly has uh, evolved over time. And I think the, the pivotal point for me was when I became a parent, mm-hmm. when I had my own kids, because now my my kids, I have two kids, but my oldest one's 13. My youngest one, my daughter is 11, boy and a girl. And uh, again, blessed to have one of each, uh, blessed to have two happy, healthy kids. But at that point, you know, because I've always been very ambitious in my career, when I had to kind of, and, and this is a this is a truism for all the women out there, career women who have to take a pause in their expanding career, we have to take a pause, you know, and and give birth and and watch our bodies change. And that is a whole nother, you know, kind of transfer personal transformation um, for us women. But then, you know, personally, and, and that nurturing side of us either kicks in or has always been there and just is elevated. But then from a from a professional and business side, you do have to kind of take a step back. And I know some women who, as soon as they give birth two weeks later, or maybe you know, even the day after, because they're running small businesses or big businesses or a division, they're out there working again and more power to them. Um, but I also know in the, in the company I work for now, which is a Canadian-based company, they're based in Montreal, they give women and men, um, paternity and maternity leave of up to a, a one year off. So, so I share this with you because I think when I became a parent, um, it shifted my views on now, <laughs> now I've got, I've got, you know, these two human beings, of course, with my husband, I, we, we have these two human beings that we have to raise and we have to you know, impart all of our wisdom and and hope that they become good global citizens of of the world. Um, But it's it's now I can articulate exactly through not just my own experiences, but articulate, okay, the, the why, right? The why, why do I do, why am I still um, so passionate about you know, girls in technology, girls in STEM and, and the, the next generation and, and what should entertainment technology look like for the next generation. To me, those are important because I've got my own uh, kids that I want to consume that type of, that mm-hmm. type of um, entertainment. Uh, so very long answer that I rambled, but it really shifted when I became a parent and it made me even more purposeful purposeful and um, deliberate on that I want to share my knowledge to mm-hmm. not just my own kids, but um, the next generation of leaders of the world. Yeah. And the, and the huge lesson that I'm getting from you is is embracing those differences in who you are, right? Sure. That, that who you are that makes you different doesn't make you lesser than in any regard, but makes you special, makes you unique. And you have all kinds of unique and special things to bring to the table, right? In any industry that you're in. And for some people, you might have to maybe work a little bit harder to push past different barriers and push past different limits. But having that, I think that acceptance in yourself is 
can be a huge driver and a huge motivating factor of I can do it. And if they've done it, I can do it too. You got it. You got it. And and the visibility is important, right? For, right. for other people, for my own kids to see, not just be proud of their mom or, or be proud of us, but other, you know, their friends and other kids seeing, wow, I, I see her doing this and, and I want to get into gaming or I want to get into motorsports. And I, you know, now there's, there's an example to live by. So that's, that's kind of how I, I live every day is I, I'm hopefully a, a positive example or a positive role model to my own kids, but others as well. And it is embracing those differences. You're absolutely right. That's fantastic. Well, hey, and thank you so much again for taking the time to just share your story, share your lessons and everything else and where you're at um, with, with, with me and everything else today. Before we finish up, I've got five just rapid fire questions to throw at okay. you. Um, and, then, and then we'll go ahead and finish up, okay? All right. All right. What is the number one movie that you will always stop and watch if it is on? Uh, now it's going to be Top Gun Maverick. Yeah, I always watch that. I've seen it like five times now. <laughs> oh, it was it's it's one of my top five favorite movies now. I was a big fan of Top Gun, and that one just uh was so good. So great, right? Yes, I love it. I love it. And number two, if you were given a hundred thousand dollars to give to one cause or one organization, where would you send it? Oh wow, I would give it to the American Heart Association, mm. um for sure. Uh, cardio and uh, just the the heart from a from an emotion standpoint but from a physical standpoint it's it's uh always been an organization that's been near and dear to my family's um heart and i would give the money to them good i, I love it i love it i love i love learning your hearts in the heart um <laughs> number number three what is the best piece of advice that you've ever received oh um best piece of advice is know when to lead and know when to follow mm. um because just because I have a, a, a lofty title or a business card that says I'm responsible for X number of people or this division, I don't always have to lead the way I can follow, you know, and just get out of the way for another leader to, to step in when, when, you know, if that situation is right. So um, know when to lead and know when to follow. I love the best that advice I've ever get gotten. I, I love that. Number four, if you were writing a book on self-leadership, what would be the first or the most important chapter? Oh, and self-leadership. I think we talked about it today. It's embracing um, your, you know, your difference, uh, differences and, and embracing what makes me unique mm -hmm. and different and sharing, sharing that perspective with others. Uh, that self-awareness, that the self-awareness, that self-realization is so important. Yeah, I love it. And then number five might tie into some previous questions, but what is something you wish you knew when you were in your early 20s or just starting your career that you know now? Mm. Um, I would probably say, and, and I, I think I've done this throughout, but I, I uh, don't regret it, of course, is never give up, right? Stay mm -hmm. persistent. Uh, uh, keep your eye on the prize, you know, and, and, and just don't get discouraged. Every rejection is just a uh, kind of a deflection to another door that will open. So, you know, don't, don't give up and, and keep trying and, and keep pursuing what you're passionate about and what your, your talent is in. I love it. 
I love it. Awesome. And thank you again so much for, for taking the time. Those are, those are my questions I've got for you. And for our audience and everyone else that's out there, where can they connect with you and some of the work that you do? Yeah, absolutely. Find me on LinkedIn. Um, that is my social platform of choice uh, for business. And uh, just um, in, I get inspired by other, other thought leaders on LinkedIn. And you can find me, just look up Karen Mendoza and D-Box, Nintendo, all of those terms should should uh, direct you to me. There we go. There we go. And that's how you can connect with her, learn more about her work, her story, and everything else that she does. And thank, Karen, thank you again so much for being with me. Thank you, I've loved getting a chat with you today and talk about an industry that that is so up and coming, that one that I don't have a super ton of experience in, but got to learn so much today. And if this episode was valuable to you, please be sure to share and please be sure to follow the leader's guide podcast wherever you listen to podcasts it always means so much to me and we'll catch you on the next episode 